Hello, everyone. Welcome back to A Little Jaded. We're so excited to have you here for the November edition of An Artist Spotlight. And our artist spotlight is Harry Styles today. But first, I'm going to let Joanna introduce herself. Hi, guys. I'm Joanna, your co-host and the executive VP here at Jaded. And I could not be more excited to talk about this man right now. Anybody who knows me, Jade, just the entire Jaded team. We're just all big Harry stands, of course. And we know that a lot of our listeners are as well. If you're not into Harry Styles, what are you doing? You need to listen to him right now. And we're bringing you this episode in honor of the close of the iconic Love on Tour, a US sensation of a tour. It's insane. So yes, I'm so excited. Yes, the U.S. closed for now, but we'll get into that. We'll yeah. get into that. So, you know, I we're, we're really excited to bring you this episode because as Joanna said, I feel like most people now are big Harry Styles fans. So, Joanna, do you want to kind of jump into your um, experience with being a Harry fan up until now? Yeah, of course. So, I started off as a huge One Direction fan back in the day. I discovered them after they had already been on the X Factor. So around the time when they had um, released, you know, What Makes You Beautiful, One Thing was my personal favorite back in the day. And my one of my first experiences of like seeing like a music video release was Live While We're Young by One Direction. Like the day it released, like at 10 in the morning or something, I watched it on my like like little like touchscreen T-Mobile phone that was like a hand-me-down and I was so excited about it and Harry was always my favorite from day one everyone was always like oh I'm a Zane girl I was like nope it's all about Harry in my eyes <laughs> but yeah I was a big One Direction fan and then obviously you know all the boys started going solo and everything after they went on their so-called hiatus but they haven't came back yet whatever <laughs> but yeah so when he came back obviously like Sign of the Times, Sweet Creature, everything was so iconic. And I was lucky enough to see him in 2018 when he went on tour for live on tour. And I unfortunately never got to see One Direction when they were a band in concert. So that was just a really surreal experience for me because I had been a fan of him for like almost 10 years at this point. And I had never gone to see him actually sing live. And he sang a lot of One Direction songs, like What Makes You Beautiful, Stockholm Syndrome, If I Could Fly, which is my personal favorite. And so it was just a really awesome full circle moment. And I remember before the show started, he had Olivia on the pre-show playlist and everybody just started singing and I felt so included. And I feel like, you know, coming to now with like the fine line era and everything, I feel like I one of the biggest reasons why I decided to go into the music industry is because I found a really big community within the Harry Styles fandom. And I found a lot of people who made me feel like I was a part of something. And I feel like he does that with a lot of people. So I think that's why I'm such a big fan. I always will be a fan of him. And I, by the time this has come out, I would have seen him on the, um, on his tour for love on tour. I haven't seen him just yet, but as of right now, when we're recording this, I'm seeing him 10 days and I could not be more excited. Love it. I love it. I haven't had much of, I can't say it's been that long um, <laughs> because Jen's definitely been longer. Um, I don't know. My For You page showed me a Harry Styles video one day and I was like, okay, 
cool. Maybe I gave it a like, maybe I didn't. I don't know. Maybe I watched it twice. I have no idea. I forget. Cause like all of a sudden they just started popping up more. And I was like, what's happening? It was early 2020. I'm pretty sure quarantine had like just started. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Hmm, like, okay, fine. So then I listened to, um, actually no wait backtrack because my my best friend had just bought tickets with her friend to to see harry and um for love on tour when the tickets originally went on sale and i was like okay that's cool have fun to you guys and um you know and then i like she was like just like listen to the album jade and i was like uh fine give me one song to listen to and i'll listen to it (laughs) I guess. So then um, she was like, fine line, listen to fine line. And I was like, okay, fine line. No pun intended. Um, But then (laughs) I was like, okay, cool. So I listened to it and I was like, no way. Cause this is going to be the ending song for the tour. I was like, I literally texted her that day and I said, Hey, like Lauren, I think this is going to be the ending song. Like, please let me know if I'm right when you go to the concert. Cause like, I really just want to know if he closes on that song because like the trumpets, everything just makes it like perfect for it. And she was like, all right, we'll do, we'll do. But do you like it? And I was like, yes. So yeah so then from there I was just like more videos popped up on my for you page and I was like you know so now I call myself a fan um but yeah and as of right now I saw him in Pittsburgh um on the 14th of October I want to say it was maybe the 16th no I think it was the 14th yeah 14th of October I saw him in Pittsburgh it was great um yeah, it was really great. <laughs> like, I just, I kind of blacked out. I can't really remember much, but um, it was great. Cause you know, that weird concert feeling, it's like, you're not like, there's literally nothing in your, like, you're just, you just like black out in a way that your mind doesn't remember any of it. Like the lights come on and like humble's playing. You're just like, what? But anyway, <laughs> you know, um, so I wanted to talk about this a little bit. Cause you know, our, our artist spotlights are usually going through the artist's career to where they are now. And, um, you know, and were they successful then? Are they successful now? And like everything in between. So I want um, to ask you, Joanna, because I wasn't really paying attention when One Direction was around. Um, was Harry Styles the most popular? Oh, this is always such a big topic, I feel like, within the fandom. I feel like he, I don't want to say he was necessarily the most popular, at least within the fandom. I feel like it was very, very equal. There was a big amount of people who were like, you know, Louis fans, Nile fans, Zane fans, like everything in between. Everybody loved everybody and like appreciated them all. But I feel like from an outside perspective and in the mainstream media, I think that Harry was definitely very pushed And he was always like, you know, like the front and center one. And I think even, you know, back in the day when they would do um, like when they were nominated for awards, like on the Kids' Choice Awards and stuff, I remember they would have a picture. They would say One Direction and it would just be a picture of Harry as if he's like the main guy when obviously they never established like that there was like a main. They were all equals. There's five of them. And I just remember like it was like even now, like when you think of One Direction, you think of like Harry Styles, he's, he was just always so pushed, I feel like. And I think that from the beginning, there was always like, people were trying to pull scandals out of him and, you know, people, he was definitely 
labeled as like a womanizer and you know everybody would always go to him with the first question on the interviews and they would always you know ask about like whatever like it was just it's very interesting now looking back I feel like back then I didn't really care that much because like I said he was my favorite and I was like a 13 year old girl I was like heck yeah like he's getting all the attention but now looking back it's like especially from like a music industry perspective it's just like kind of it was really unfair. And I feel like with boy bands in general, I feel like people always want to pinpoint one person. They always want to put all eyes on one person. And I definitely think that he was that person, whether it was because of looks or voice or personality, like he was just always like that guy. Definitely. Definitely. Like I, I didn't pay attention much to, to One Direction. I was a big Justin Bieber fan. So I thought it was like either or type thing. And I was like, Marty, Justin Bieber fan, and I will ride this train till the wheels fall off type thing, (laughs) you know? Um, So I was like, you know, whatever. But, you know, I remember hearing Harry Styles more than anybody else's name like from the band you know I mean my sister was a Zayn fan though so I heard a lot about Zayn too but her her friend was also was a big Harry Styles fan so it was like between Zayn and Harry I didn't know much I didn't even know barely that there were other people in the band I was just like mm-hmm. it, it seems like there's only two guys but I don't know you know <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of crazy um so I'm pretty sure how many songs did did he write and which ones were they? I want to say that they were at least from what I can remember. I know it was Stockholm syndrome, right? If I could fly, right? Oh, yes. (laughs) That's where you lose me a little bit. (laughs) Okay. Got more. (laughs) Yeah. So definitely their first few songs like you know their first few albums was not a lot of them in general like any of the guys did a lot of the writing because you know they were set up to be this boy band they were just handed a lot of their songs um which is super common when you look at like all boy bands like that just happens all the time and definitely as they got older they started writing a lot more and a lot of the songs um, that are my personal favorites are a lot of songs that Harry did a lot of the writing on. I think now looking back at the songs that he wrote then and looking at like how his songwriting has evolved now, I think it's really interesting and you can really like see the similarities. But a lot of the songs um, or some of the songs that he wrote was he did Happily, which is one of my personal favorites also. Um, I don't think he was completely like the one writer on these. I think it was him um while working with another professional writer so I know he did that um Stockholm Syndrome I if I could fly he also did what else did he do I feel like I have a list of these somewhere but I don't remember um but yes he definitely did write a lot of the songs and I think a lot of them contributed a lot to a lot of the songwriting especially especially Louis he actually did a lot of songwriting which is awesome now yeah, I was scrolling to the end of a lot of, um, if you're an Apple Music um, listener, I scroll to the bottom of the lyrics to see who who wrote the song. Yes. Um, and it's kind of cool because you get to see like who who wrote together the most and like who even wrote the song, you know, and it's it's pretty cool because I feel like he wrote a good many of them and a good many of them are very popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like his writing style now is definitely different 
but also those the songs that he wrote from One Direction are really unique in a sense that they his writing style now probably evolved from the writing that he did in One Direction. Oh yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, for sure. I definitely think that a lot of the songs that he wrote, like he's just a very good storyteller. He's very good at making you like feel your feelings, if that makes sense. Like when you think of happily, like I like I'm not in a relationship. I don't relate to that. But when I hear that song, I just want to scream it at the top of my lungs and cry. Mm-hmm. Same thing with like if I could fly. Like I feel like he just something that's always made him stick out, like amongst them, at least I would say, like in my eyes, and I think that a lot of people would agree, is that he's always been great with showing his personality to other people. And I think that that's why, you know, like the media would focus on him and why people, you know, really, really like were drawn to him. It's just like he just something about his personality is just like it draws you in. He's such a charismatic person and like his songwriting is just so detailed. And I don't know, it's he really makes you feel like you know him in a way. He doesn't seem intimidating. And I think that that's why a lot of people want to be fans of him because they genuinely like him. Even now. So like, as, as my, as my One Direction expert, would you say that, (laughs) would you like, I mean, I don't know if I am, but I'll take the title. As my personal One Direction expert though, because I've got some questions for you. You know what I mean? Like I, um, as not being able to witness it, you know, like I could go back and I could do my own research type thing, but it's, it feels different when you're there and you catch little nuances when like that you wouldn't catch how many years from now, you know, six Mm -hmm. years from now or wherever we're at, you know? And so would you say that in a way that the like the fandom, because I want to talk a little bit about like the One Direction fandom, do you think that most of them went off into their own lanes when the band split or would you say that most of them followed Harry? I definitely think that it was a really equal mix. I definitely think that obviously when they were in One Direction they were kind of following one certain sound. They definitely branched out and they added a lot of like you know different types of elements like rock and just a bunch of different things but they had one specific sound. And when you think about it, five individuals all next to each other, even if they're all friends, they are not all going to listen to exactly the same music or want to create exactly the same music. So I definitely think that Harry's music is, Harry and Niall, I think is a little bit more on the pop side and it's a lot easier to listen to for a lot of people. Whereas Louis is definitely a little bit more like the alternative rock type of vibe. And then Zayn is definitely more R&B. Liam is a little bit more like pop hip hop type of vibe. And so I think that at least from what I've seen, a lot of fans were very good about equally supporting who they want to support. Um, but I definitely think that Harry has, I think outside of the One Direction fandom, I think that he has done really well at standing out as his own artist outside of One Direction and building a fandom of people who, like you, weren't not necessarily a fan of One Direction, but they are just a fan of his music. So I think that that's why he's so successful now is that he's really been able to establish himself outside of that. Um, But I don't know. I definitely think there were people who were definitely more biased 
you know, and like, that's just natural. Everybody has their biases and everybody wants to support the person who was their favorite and everything. But I've even seen TikToks where people will say like, like I have Harry Styles (laughs) posters all over my room and I like spend X amount of money on his merch and I do this and I do this and I have a tattoo inspired by him. And they're like, oh, so he was your favorite in One Direction? Like, no, it was this person. (laughs) And it's just, I don't know. I think that he's just done really well at just, you know, creating like this, career for himself outside of One Direction and I think that that's really impressive definitely definitely I think that it's it's different now you know because it's like One Direction was such a huge thing and and now everybody's like veering off into their own lanes and becoming their own huge things within you know within their own fans you know whether or not they were there from from the point of One Direction or from now, you know what I mean? And I think that that's also something that's very interesting, which remind me, I want to bring that back up when we talk about Love on Tour, um, because it was kind of interesting that Harry said that, you know, at his show, at least at my show, I don't know about everybody else's shows, but he was like, I don't know if you've been here for like one year, two years, five years, 11 years, but like, thanks anyway, type thing. And I was like, that's interesting because I never hear artists acknowledge like, the fact that, you know, their fandoms are growing and not everybody was there from the beginning. I feel like they're only just supportive sometimes of the people that were there from the beginning, you know, which is like cool and everything, you know, but it's like, what about all the people that are here now and spending money now? You know what I mean? It's helping you here now. Yeah. And that's where the issue of like gatekeeping definitely comes into the, definitely comes into the conversation where people will say like, well, you weren't here from the beginning, so you can't say this. And like, I'll say it as a joke and like, it's funny to say it, but at the end of the day, like you have to be proud of this person that you're supporting, that they are able to bring in these new audiences. And it doesn't matter if you aren't a fan of One Direction's music. Like a lot of people will say it's not really their taste and that's fine, but maybe his solo music is their taste and that's perfectly fine. You didn't have to be a supporter back then to be a supporter now. And I think that it shows a lot about an artist when they're able to like build their fandom, like no matter what stage of their career that they're in, like he's been around in the public eye for over 10 years. And I feel like he's only really beginning with his actual career. Like he only started getting bigger within like the last year as a solo artist, even though One Direction was arguably one of the biggest bands in the world. Like he still basically had to start from the bottom up to get to where he is now. And so yeah, I think that a lot of people want to gatekeep and they want to, you know, acknowledge like, or like you said, only acknowledge like the older fans. But I think that no matter when you started being a fan, you, it's still valid because you're a fan. It's like, yeah. it doesn't really matter. And I think that, you know, it's cool that he also acknowledges that because a lot can happen within 10 years. And, you know, like even when you look at TikTok, like there's 13 year olds now who are Harry Styles fans. And 10 years ago, they were like two years old, which is insane to think about. Sure, like, they might not have been born, but like literally, it's just crazy. They're still allowed to, you know, like somebody if they're just yeah. now, you know. Yeah, I think that gatekeeping is a really big issue within like fandoms, and I think yeah. that like, you know, if you guys know, like stan twitter in 2013 you were fighting for your life you know what i mean you were like fighting for your life who do you like you know what i mean and if you like this person you can't like this person and i'm gonna gatekeep this person forever you know what i mean i think that it's just like it can't i don't know because 
even because then once you, when you gatekeep someone, not only are you keeping them from success, but you're keeping from the music industry perspective, you're keeping their team from success. You're keeping everybody behind them from success. You're keeping yourself in a way from like seeing them grow more you know what I mean like there's so many shows I feel like that are getting added to this tour even and to like so many other artists tour because as they grow you know what I mean and it's just like you're gonna get more shows you guys if you don't gatekeep as much but I don't know it'll still happen it'll always happen but that's okay so like Anyway, HS1, <laughs> HS1, I, I want to talk about it. I'm really interested in talking about it. So I know that, um, you know, it's which so- song does it start with? Do we know? Do I need um, to look this up or do you know from it? From the top of the, yes. um, the track list, it starts with Meet Me in the Hallway. Does it? And that is one of my personal favorites. Same. Same. Exactly. So what was the lead single off of HS1? I should have done more research, but I think it was Sign of the Times. It was definitely Sign of the Times, um, (laughs) especially because it was his debut single. It was definitely definitely like the biggest one. It was definitely the one that was the most played on the radio, which is interesting because it's not the type of song you would really hear on the radio. Like Mm -hmm. it was... I don't know. I mean, I say that, but at the same time, when you look at artists like Adele, I feel like she was definitely somebody who also kind of pushed that barrier where she had like a lot of soulful songs, you know, like someone like, like these big heartfelt ballads that you wouldn't want to, like you, you would think you wouldn't want to listen to on the radio because you don't want to listen to like a sad song on the radio. But I think that, yeah, Sign of the Times was definitely the lead single and it was his most successful single definitely from that, from that album. He only had three singles, I want to, I believe. Yeah, I think one of them, one of them is Kiwi, which I heard was a flop in a lot of places, but I'm pretty sure it was shaking MSG like last week. So I don't yes. think it's much of a flop anymore. Yes. Well, that, that but, like an interesting conversation about like in, you know, from the outside perspective, outside of the fandom, a song might not be super successful, but within yeah. the fandom, there's always like those fan favorites. Like, it's huge. Kiwi. Yeah. And I think that like the way that he's grown too, the way that there's so many, I mean, like, it just feels like there's so many more fans now, you know, because um, I just know from like personal experience being in like Ticketmaster queues and like, you know, there's just, I've never had such an issue being in a queue before, you know, and trying to get tickets before I've never walked up to a queue and had the queue like, and had the, the entire arena be sold out by the time that I get into the like Ticketmaster, you know, it's just crazy, but you know, (laughs) it's crazy. So like, I'm wondering now, you know what I mean? Cause commercially, you know, in like numbers wise, Kiwi like quote unquote flopped. It was the but, least successful of the three singles, which was Kiwi exactly. Times and Sweet Creature. But it was also his last single released too. So I don't exactly. know if that has anything to do with it, but exactly. a lot of yeah. people say like, you know, it's like, like we were saying, like not every type of music is going to be your taste. Some people might really vibe with, fine line but they don't really vibe with hs1 some people yeah. might vibe with you know like one of the other members of one direction music but they didn't like harry's and harry's first album was definitely like back in the day it was not my favorite album i still liked it but i think that when it came out i was 18 and now i'm 21 so i definitely am 
so much more appreciative of it now and like the musicality and like the lyricism and just everything I appreciate it so much more now but back then I didn't dive into it as much and I definitely didn't appreciate it as much and I still saw him on tour and he was still amazing and I was still singing along to the songs but now like HS1 and Fine Line like HS1's getting up there as like almost like my favorite it's just such a good album and yeah I definitely think now because he's built his fandom like so much bigger than it was um three years ago it's coming back and a lot of people are appreciating these songs like Kiwi and you know Only Angel which is my personal favorite and back then it definitely like he was playing small general mission shows and like you said like it wasn't it wasn't like a battle to the death trying to get tickets at all it was actually pretty easy from what I remember getting tickets to see him and now you're literally in the queue for 20 minutes and you might get a nosebleed which is insane yep yeah yeah and then you um it's crazy because I just can't I can't fathom that somebody is that big you know what I mean because think about it um you know like I've been a Justin Bieber fan forever and um and his purpose tour which was arguably I mean he hasn't I don't think he's toured since and um yeah he hasn't he's going yeah he hasn't and it's so it was like the biggest tour of of his career in a way because then he started playing stadiums and it wasn't even that hard and um you know it was just crazy because like there was no cue whatsoever like I didn't buy them I was at school so my parents bought them but I can't recall there being a cue you know um and so and now to go from you know you're lucky to get a ticket less than three hundred dollars and box office line is is about five hours long if anybody's wondering um from personal experience experience, box office is about five hours long and they will shut the doors and tell you that there's no tickets left hold out guys hold out but um (laughs) you know you know and it's just like crazy because like it's hard for me to wrap my head around like how is somebody that big you know that everybody in every city it's just giant you know and you know like Harry Styles is in town and here's why Mm -hmm. because everybody is like it's a fashion show it's crazy so like you know to go from to go from like you said like hs1 being like these smaller venues to to love on tour being like giant like you need to add more shows you know what i mean because people will buy the tickets it's crazy so like wow i just can't believe it and and the um but back to the lead single because i feel like we we skimmed it and then we didn't even you know but (laughs) so like the sign of the times you're right it was on the radio for for a really long time and it wasn't like an expected radio hit which was weird and and maybe kiwi was so underrated in a way that 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 sign of the times they everybody was expecting like a sign of the times type of song and then they just and then kiwi came out i don't know i don't know we'll never know but like (laughs) side of the times I feel like it was huge and I and I saw the music video actually before I was a fan I feel like that music video was big too and I and why I mean I kind of want to talk about why it was so big yeah I definitely think that well talking about all the singles he definitely like from a music industry standpoint you could definitely tell that he was trying to show his versatility as an artist when you look at all the different singles sign of the times which is like a heartfelt rock 
ballad. And then you look at Sweet Creature, which is like this like super like nice, like almost acoustic type of vibe, like love song. And then there's Kiwi, which is just this hardcore rock, like, you know, blasting it in your car type of vibe. And it was like, it was a really smart move because it definitely, you know, especially for him, trying to make a name for himself outside of One Direction, like he had to show that he had more to bring to the table than just what makes you beautiful, which is what most people think of when they think of One Direction, which is a banger. And you know what, if you think of that, good, it's a good song. But you know, like he wanted to establish himself as his own artist and like all the different things that he can do by himself as his own person. And so I think that's why he chose Sign of the Times because like One Direction, like, within like their deep discography that a lot of people who aren't like big fans like don't know like they definitely had songs that were you know like big heartfelt ballads but nothing really like sign of the times and that entire album was definitely very like 70s rock vibes and it was really great and it's definitely very you know inspired by artists that he loves like Fleetwood Mac and things like that so I think that's honestly like it's a big debate, like why Fine Line has definitely like grown his career and been more successful than HS1 because like, is Fine Line a little bit more on the poppy side? I would say yes, than HS1. But I think that for people who have been fans for a long time, they will gravitate a little bit more towards HS1 because it was just like a very personal album to, to him. You could definitely see that. Well, and I also think that, you know, with that, I think that it takes a lot. I think it, I mean, like you said earlier, he was growing from the ground up in a way because it was no longer One Direction. It was just like Harry Styles. And like, so Mm -hmm. I feel like him and his team and everybody behind him was trying to feel out how much weight that name carries. You know what I mean? How many people are going to come to these shows? Is this album going to be huge is it going to be not huge is it going to be somewhere in the middle you know what I mean because because there's no real stats to go on because those any statistics that that came with him had the one direction name attached so you don't know how much weight his name is going to carry by itself which is why I feel like that album wasn't that big like musically it's it's probably but like it's amazing so it's like you know, why, like commercially, why was Fine Line more successful? And I feel like that's just because not only is it like really good music, obviously it's Fine Line, everybody knows it, but like, it's, I feel like he's just growing, you know what I mean? It's just, it's just growth and it's, it's for him, it's exponential. It's crazy, you know? And it's, I think that it's just normal growing, you know what I mean? Like, yeah starting starting out a little bit like down here and then well I guess people can't see my hand but like starting off a little bit down <laughs> here yeah. and then you know, just growing and shooting up like natural growth you know yeah. so like nobody's first thing is going to be giant you know you think unless about you're it. Olivia Rodrigo <laughs> well yeah exactly but like even think back to like because this is what I can reference as Justin Bieber like my world wasn't like giant you know one time was on it which was pretty big you know it was pretty big but once baby came out on my world 2.0 it was over it was over you know what I mean so I feel like that's kind of how 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 watermelon sugar was you know it was like sign of the times was big watermelon sugar giant you know (laughs) actually Harry's first number one single he didn't have any number one singles on HS1 which 
if anybody's confused on why we're saying HS1, um, it's because his first album is a self-titled album. So it's just called Harry Styles by Harry Styles. And within the fandom, people will either say self-titled or HS1, but it's more of a universal term within the fandom to just say HS1. So that's what we mean. But yes, in HS1, he didn't have any number one singles, even though Sign of the Times was huge. Like you said, like just because it was his debut doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be like, a big pop off and his first number one single was actually adore you which was not even his first single from fine line it wasn't even his second single it was his third single watermelon sugar was his second single and it still was not number one when it first dropped what's number one the first single was lights up oh was it yeah. Oh, are you kidding me? Right. Okay, when I we mean, get I believe it. Lines. I believe it. I was I wasn't witnessing it. No, was fine line. I guess this is like a good segue into talking about the fine liner. It is. It but, is. Um, <laughs> yes, lights up was the first. Um, it was his first single since HS One. So by then, it had pretty much been like a year since he had released music because he obviously when he was on tour he wasn't releasing any music he was just touring the album that he already had out and so lights up there was no build-up whatsoever it was just this is being dropped tonight that was it nobody knew anything and then everybody went insane because they were like what is this and of course it was lights up which was completely different than what we had heard before and because of like the big tagline was the do you know who you are and so everybody was just like wow and then he had the whole marketing thing with his website and it was just like it was a huge thing and so that was definitely like I think it was the best way for him to enter this new era because it was just he was showing that again he is so versatile with his music. He's able to switch. He's able to grow. He's able to grow as a person. And that's the whole, like, do you know who you are thing? Like, you know, you're growing into the person that you're going to be. And he, within these past two years, he's grown so much. He has broken so many barriers within like fashion, music, everything. Like he just keeps growing. And I think that that's why, like, that was such a iconic moment for everybody and then he goes into watermelon sugar and everybody's just like, whoa, like this is just like completely different. Like what is going on here? Yeah, no, definitely. I think that the marketing campaign for, for, for lights up and for, and for fine line in general was brilliant. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like with the, with the posters and I think there was a pop-up shop, right? Yes. Um, but I want to say, so the pop-up shop was not until the album released. Um, okay. I want to say it was that same week that, um, the fine line one night only um show was happening i have friends who went but it was in la so i didn't go but mm -hmm. that's why if you go on hollywood boulevard and you drive past the live nation building it has the signs that say do you know who you are and treat people with kindness those were put up because of the fine line campaign and it's been almost two years and they're still there that's awesome i i think that like i think it was just brilliant you know what i mean and then from from lights up to to watermelon sugar and and the watermelon sugar music video was huge you know oh yeah and, and um, grammy award-winning song yes exactly and then like going into going into adore you you know i i um like i think i might have been around to witness the adore you release not sure um but i just remember everybody was like 
Eroda. What is Eroda? What is Eroda? Yeah. Because he dropped, for those people that don't know, he dropped uh, just like Eroda. And, you know, everybody was really confused and it ended up being like a, a made up island or something. And, and people eventually, actually, the fans cracked the code really quickly and flipped it around and realized that it spelled a door. Um, and then, and then the music video came out and, you know, it was a, like a fish and it was yeah. an island and everybody was like, wait, what, you know what I mean? But it was on yeah. the island, like Rhoda, um, which I thought also was brilliant. You know what I mean? Like make up an island for yourself. Cause why not? Cause you can, cause you're yeah. here, you know, and I think that like the fans, like, ate it up in a way and like everybody was trying to figure it out and and that's they definitely cracked fan engagement on that one because oh, like yeah. it was huge everybody was engaged you know what I mean yeah. everybody was like what is this you know trying to figure it out which was which was really cool like to to go back and like look at everybody kind of like freaking out trying to figure out what it was about <laughs> yeah and also for anybody who wasn't there when everything was going on like for each single they revamped the um his website and they had this really cute little generator in it where you would put your name into it and then it would say like for me it would say like Joanna you are strawberries on a summer evening like it was it's just really cute little quotes from like his songs and you know when it was watermelon sugar the entire thing was like watermelon themed and when it was um lights up it was just black and white it was do you know who you are and then when it was adore you it was different and then he did the same thing even with treatment with kindness and with golden it was like it would say like jade you are so golden like things like that and it just made it so personable and like I think that even him and his team knew that they were going to go into this era full force running and that this was going to be his era where people would start paying more attention to him. Because like we've said, like, even though everyone knows who Harry Styles is, that itself doesn't give you a successful music career. People can know who you are and not really listen to your music or not really vibe with your music, but he came in with all of these marketing tactics and he came in and saying like you're going to pay attention to me and here's why and he released all these different songs and every song was a hit every song stuck with somebody and yeah it was just it was genius it was honestly so good and I I like I said before like it during while the HS1 era was happening I wasn't like a major stan like I am now I always supported him but once the fine line era started happening, I was so engaged. I was just like, wow, like, what is like, what is all this that's going on? And then from then, like, when, you know, the pandemic happened and like everybody was on TikTok, like I was like super into like the Harry Styles, like side of TikTok and everything. And it was just like a big, massive growth in his community of fans. And it was just, it was insane. It was insane to see. It's insane to see how it's still growing even now. Definitely. I think his marketing was was absolutely genius. You know what I mean? And I think that the fact that, you know, so many like that they created so many of these Easter egg type things, you know, where it was like people had to crack the code or, you know, because then that would create tweets about it. And, and then that would create Instagram stories about it, Instagram posts about it. And then that would create eventually TikToks about it. You know what I mean? And then, and then word would slowly be spread, you know what I mean? Like about 
about Harry Styles and about Fine Line and about like go listen to the album guys and just I feel like a lot more like it was the perfect storm in a way because you know it was good music it was it was he has a great personality you know what I mean it was he's super open he makes people feel good about themselves no matter who they are and it was just like a bunch of things swirling around to literally create the perfect storm of like this guy's gonna be huge you know what I mean it's yeah, crazy completely it's, it's crazy. like it was just him it was almost like a rebrand of himself which is interesting because even now like you know going into like love on tour like looking at like the outfits that he wears now compared to the outfits that he would wear back then when he was doing the live on tour like you know fashion's always been a big thing with him and like he's always like really stepped out with his fashion but I think that like he's really good at like you know tailoring, tailoring his outfits to that era like HS1, it was all the suits. And then now, you know, with Fine Line, it's the trousers with the suspenders. Like, that's just that vibe. And I think that his whole team is just really smart about that. Obviously, within the fandom, everybody wants a little bit of a switch up with, like, his outfits and everything because, you know, they just want to see him, you know, wear, like, cool outfits and everything. But I get it. It's, like, a branding of this era. And who knows what the next era's brand is going to be, you know? And I think that that's why fans are like so engaged like even now if you're a fan and there's a concert going on that day everybody the second it turns for me it's 6 p.m um pst mm. or 9 p.m est everyone's like what's he wearing today it's a big thing it's a whole conversation starter like you know well yeah exactly and i think that's a perfect segue into into love on tour because it's it's crazy because you know thinking about like you said he wore he wore the suits on live on tour and now he's wearing the the suspenders and the trousers pants whatever you call them on on love on tour you know what i mean because i feel like most people detect their their the artist's era by by what they were wearing or what they looked like you know at that time exactly there's a certain there's a certain like image in your head of like okay that's we know that's the fine line era we we understand that's hs1 era we understand that that's one direction era i you know i don't know what you guys yeah well even thinking about artists like ariana grande like you know, like the sweetener, thank you next, you think of pink, like the big poofy pink outfits that she wear. When you think of dangerous women, you think of the ears and the blacks. Like you think like very specific brands. And I think that that's a really smart way for people to really pay attention. Exactly. Like when you think of, when you think of Justin Bieber, My World 2.0, you think of the hair flip. Of course. You think (laughs) of, when you think of the Believe album, you think of like the The hair with or whatever this was, you know, you know, whatever was going on with his hair. And then when you you think (laughs) of like purpose, you think of, at least I think of the, the buzz cut, you know what I mean? So it's Mm -hmm. like, you define your, the artist's era that you were paying attention to by what they looked like in a way you know like what they were defining themselves as which which is really cool again from the marketing perspective you know because they they know what they're doing these people are very skilled and they they know what they're doing when they when they put him in suspenders and and trousers every night they know they're doing it you know (laughs) they know the drama that it is going to cause within the fandom every night because everybody like you said is like oh my gosh 
what's going on tonight? You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, it's cool because again, it's like a sense of community within the fans, you know, and being like, this was my show in quotes, you know, and like yeah. it was my show because it was, you witnessed it and you were there for it, which makes it, which makes it really cool. And I think that it differs greatly from, from live on tour yeah, in a way even, that it's, it's huge. It's just huge. Yeah. Even, you know, the whole to be so lonely debate, if you're not in the fandom and you don't know, he has a song called to be so lonely and it's such a great song. If you haven't heard it, you have to go listen to it, but it's for whatever reason, it's not on the main set list. And immediately everybody was livid. They were like, why would you not put this song on the set list? Like it's on the album that you're supposed to be touring. What are you doing? It's such a fan favorite. Like he knows that too, that fans love it. And he, for like the first, I want to say like five or six shows, he just didn't perform it at all. And everybody, it became a thing within the community. They would bring signs. I would say like justice for to be so lonely, sing to be so lonely. Why won't you sing to be so lonely? And he would read them and he would give them like these good reactions, but he wouldn't perform it still. And it became a thing where everyone would say like, I'm going to go to the next show or however amount of shows that I need to go to for him to sing it because I need to see that song live. And finally he started doing it. And it's still like, you know, like you might get it at the show. You might not get it at this show. Like you don't really know. And it's honestly kind of an amazing move for his team because the amount of fans, there's still like amount of fans who go to almost every show anyways, just because well, concerts haven't happened in like two years. They want to have a good time and they love him. But people will go because they're like, he didn't play it today on my show. Looks like I have to go to the next one so that I can see it, which yeah. is frustrating when you're a fan. But if you think about it, it's really smart because it's the same yeah. thing. Like everyone immediately, they go on Stan Twitter or TikTok. Like, did he play to be so lonely? Is he playing to be so lonely? Or people like, we'll talk about it instantly. And there's videos and tweets and everything. You know, what's funny is that I was walking out of the Pittsburgh show and I heard somebody say they were they were mad, you know, to be so lonely wasn't on the set list. It didn't mm-hmm. get played. And they're like, OK, where is he going tomorrow? And I think it was <laughs> I want to say it was back to MSG. And everybody was like, OK, how do I get there? Like, what's yeah. the next play now? And I was like okay like yeah (laughs) which I was like oh my gosh like you really get to see which was cool again about going to the concerts and and just living in that world for a day is like you get to see the the hardcore commitment of all of these fans you know because then it just really it really emphasizes you know at least for me you know the the amount of success that you hope that for me as an artist manager you hope that your artist has and yeah. and just to see the impact of something like that you know you you dedicate your life to to figuring out to studying this like how can we make our artist the biggest possible thing yeah. and just going there and be like wow he is the biggest possible thing right now like what is he doing to make these girls walk out of the show and say, I need to go to another one ASAP. You know, it's, it's crazy. It's the, the culture of love on tour is crazy, especially with the fashion. I want to touch on this. I was going to say, speaking of community and fans really like rising up on social media and things like there are, 
Instagram accounts and TikTok accounts that are completely dedicated to showcasing outfits that people are wearing. There's one that I think is like HS Lot, which is for anybody who doesn't know, HS Lot is short for Harry Styles Love on Tour. People will just say Lot. It says like HS Lot, like um, fashion or something like that. And it has over 14,000 followers on Instagram. And it's them. (laughs) Yeah, it's insane. And it's just them posting pictures of fans, like what they're wearing to the shows. And it's insane how Harry has such an impact on people's fashion also. Like if you see, or if you have seen the amount of people wearing pearls or wearing sweater vests or wearing trousers or wearing rings and necklaces, a big reason is because of Harry. And obviously like you can't give him all the credit, like, you know, it's just become a big trend, but that's, like a really big part of his style was the pearls. And like, even with like that one cardigan with like the different patchworks, like the amount of people who paid to make it or paid to buy it, hundreds of dollars to buy that same cardigan just because they want the same one that he has. Like he has such an impact on his fans, like for whatever reason, whether it's personality or the music or whatever, like he has so much of a draw within these communities. And I think that that's what's so special about the fashion at like these shows is people like sure they want to dress up just to dress up but like when I used to go to concerts I would never put that much effort I would never wear heels I would never wear a suit like there's no way I'm going in a t-shirt for me (laughs) literally shorts for me shorts a t-shirt comfy shoes that's it because I'm going to be dancing I want to be comfortable but it's literally become a fashion show and I think that it's just because Harry is such a fashion icon now people want to Like I've seen people who are like, I want to show him up at his own show. I want to look better than him at his show. But also it's just a sense of community, a sense of like everybody, you know, wanting to dress up as much as he dresses up and wanting to just put on a show as much as he puts on a show. And I think that that's something that's really special because I feel like that's kind of setting a standard now for a lot of different things. Like I'm a big five seconds of summer fan. And a lot of people have been like, I see what you guys are wearing to lot. What are we wearing to the no shame tour? And everybody is starting to do that. They're starting to put more thought into the outfits for other things and starting to dress to the certain aesthetics of the artist. And I think that that's really special. And I really love that he's really doing that. Yeah. And I feel like that's never really happened before. I I like, exactly. That's like, it's just, it's so big that I was nervous. I was like, uh, I don't really know what I'm going to wear. You know what I mean? I, I was like, a lot of people are probably going to be showing me up at this concert. There's a lot of pressure. Is a lot of pressure because there's just so many like gorgeous people there. You hey, know you're what gorgeous I mean? too. We're all gorgeous. <laughs> Love ourselves. ourselves no, I just mean ourselves. like, there's gorgeous. There's like so many gorgeous people there. You know what I mean? And it's just like, wow. Like we like like what did Mm -hmm. where did this come from you know what I mean I feel like it's it's just crazy because it was like who started this where it was like you you know we're all gonna dress up but it's gonna be like a like a fashion show concert type thing because I I remember like walking around the venue and just everybody just being like and even with and that that coupled with the fact that everybody's like that the whole fandom is like treat people with kindness just mixes into like a great 
atmosphere you know because it's just like you're walking by people and they're like you look really cute and you're like you too you know what I mean it's it's a great welcoming atmosphere yeah it's literally just a big sense of community and I feel like a lot of people even who are a part of multiple fandoms they say like they've never had that sense of community within the fandom as much as it is like now and even before like I've been to Ariana Grande concerts and like I would see maybe one or two people who would come dressed all out and everything but it would never be the entire arena I even told my brother who's also a Harry Styles fan and like he hears a lot about this stuff because of me because obviously I love talking about it and I told him like be prepared it's gonna be a fashion show so just just be warned this is not a normal concert (laughs) like it just you know and I think part of it has to do with COVID I think part of it has to do with the fact that there was so much anticipation building that everybody was just like this is not going to be a normal tour this is going to be the tour this is an event and I think that they are successful because now like the amount like the outfits are insane they're amazing people create their own custom outfits and I I think that that's it's so special and it's so specific like the attire is so specific to his aesthetic. And I think that that's what's really cool too. No, it's it's really wonderful to see like a whole sense of community come out of it and, and just be like, it's just great. It's a great, it's a great atmosphere. And it's just it really like, is. it's just, everybody's just doing, doing what they want to do and just like being who they want to be for like 90 minutes. And it's really great. You know, it's yeah. just, it's great. So, but if you didn't get to see him this time, y'all just go next time it's okay you know <laughs> don't yes. don't be too sad because it's probably going to be even more iconic for hs3 you know what i mean oh so completely cool. this is only like i said i feel like this is really only the beginning for him as an yeah. artist which is insane because i feel like in our eyes it's like he's so massive already but if you think about it like he he's only released two albums like that's not a lot you know like look at Justin Bieber, look at Ariana Grande. They have like five. I think Justin Bieber's on A. Yeah, look at Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift has like 10. Yeah. Which is insane. Like, this is really only his beginning. So it's insane to think about. Like, if he's at this level now, what's he going to be like when he releases his next album? Like, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. It's really, it's really crazy to think about. And it's sad that it's now over. You know, because we, there's, you know, no more, like, what's that going to be tonight? But that's okay, because, like, stay tuned for HS3, because we might have another artist spotlight on it. But, Joanna, this was so much fun to talk about, and I'm really, really happy about it. It's just... This has been my favorite, if you can't tell, like, we, we obviously were big fans of him, but... This, it's just really interesting also looking at it from, you know, like a non-biased like perspective, like looking at all the different like things and like why he's so successful. And this was my favorite artist spotlight by far. It was so great. I will gladly talk about Harry Styles for an hour longer, however. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And, and, um, and if anybody knows what those bunnies mean on the please shirt, tell me, please we'll figure it out eventually. But somebody <laughs> like if you have any, if you know, because it's like bothering me, I bought it. But like it's bothering me because I'm like, what does that even mean? So if you know what it means, hit us up. Yeah, <laughs> give us like give us I would a, love to know. There's no correlation, no nothing to do with bunnies in any of his albums. 
why? I don't know. Harry, if you're listening, let me know what's going on. Yeah. Can you let us know? Thanks. Thanks, yes. Betty. That'd be great. Swear to God. Yeah. So that's awesome. This is this has been great. And this has been another episode of A Little Jaded.